Hey there, everybody. This is Reading Reddit. It's Peyton, and today we're looking at r slash short scary stories, a subreddit where a lot of horror can be packed into less than 500 words. This episode is centered around horror themes and may not be suitable for some listeners. Please check the show notes for trigger warnings and timestamps of each story. Do You Think of Me? Written by I'm Sorry Peters. Narrated by Peyton Dotson. Do you think of me when I think of you? That's not a hypothetical question. I think of you often. I think of you in my dreams sometimes. I don't want to say it's an obsession, but it's bordering on one. I don't think what I feel is normal. I don't think it should be normal. I'm disgusted by it. Yet I still listen to the grating voice in my head telling me to follow you. Telling me to watch you. It's not an obsession. It's a simple question. Can you answer? I think you're lying when you talk to me. You send me pictures of home, of warmth, but they feel forced. They feel like you're lying to me. I don't like it when people lie to me. Are you a liar? I don't want you to be a liar. I think you are better than that. Do you think of me often? I think of you more than I should. Do you think about me? I hope you think about me. Why don't you love me like I want you to? Why do you treat me like a burning bomb? Why am I nothing more than a vessel for your insults? I love you. Don't you understand? Can you understand me? I don't mean to rush you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I don't know what came over me. Will you forgive me? Smile, nod, and keep fucking walking. Written by Zach Does Exploring. Narrated by Peyton Dotson. I've been working on this fucking job for 20 grueling years. I think about leaving every night as I'm doing mind-numbing rounds through the hallways. Yet the six-figure salary the government doles me does a lot more than keep the lights on in our bustling town. They hire a newcomer every couple weeks, generally. The result of our last grunt not attentive to what I say. The directions are crystal clear. The recruits don't seem to grasp the concept of rule-following. Their loss, not mine. I just throw the next kid a training pamphlet and read a few lines before taking another flashlight and walkie-talkie from the rack. The last fellow hired was cool. He had dreams of escaping our town, ridden with poverty, the creepy fallacies that encompass the city limits. He called himself Skip. I'm not certain if that was his real name, but I took it on the legal documents he signed. We talked about life, love, our passion for travel, big cities and foreign countries and expensive cars. He lasted less than most. They decided not to reveal themselves the first two weeks he worked. The asylum's walls opened up a bit more, and the corridors were lighter with him by my side. We jumped once or twice at a shadow in the distance, but the piercing yellow eyes never shone through the darkness. Eventually, I'll get to the point where I can retire, where I never have to see the figures again where I never have to feel them breathing down my back and exercise every ounce of patience not to turn around and strike them with my baton. I know they won't attack me. I follow their rules. 
authored by the two guards I replaced when they were holed up by a swarm of them, attacking for reasons unbeknownst to the government officials who recruited me. Don't run. Don't stare. Keep the lights off. If you see them, smile, nod, and keep fucking walking. I don't know what they are, but they're here to stay. They've lived between the confines of this asylum long before I started and will continue long after I'm gone. They feast on those who don't comply, and God knows what else. Luckily for them, the amount of recruits that haven't complied has grown in the past years. Eventually, every single one breaks, of course. No. Eventually, every single one breaks. Of course, the government covers it up one way or another. It's strange, though, how nobody's caught on. I did like this guy, so when I saw the eyes coming around, I felt sorry. I was numb. Even after doing this for years, I shed a few tears as I watched him shine his flashlight directly onto the creature and shout, chasing its emaciated body down the musty pathway. All I could do was smile and nod to the creatures as I watched them drag his bloody body into the nearest doorway, marking a 416th tally on my faded notepad. I Can't Have Kids Written by That Art Teacher Lady Narrated by Peyton Dotson I'm infertile. God, I hate that word. It's so cold. Usually I stick to, I can't have kids. That stings a little less. No amount of infertility treatments made my body respond in any way other than a firm no. It didn't stop me from testing, hoping, trying, month after agonizing month. Another negative. My sigh filled the bathroom. I can't have kids. My phone lit up from the counter. The words, Possible. Scam. Across the top of the screen. I always answered in case it was a doctor calling to tell me that this was all a mistake and my life was clearly meant for someone else. I answered and a robotic voice buzzed into my ear. Please press one. Sure. Why not? Thank you. Your order has been received. Confirmation number, seven, eight, two, three, three, seven, zero, nine, eight, seven. Then the line went dead. I redialed the number only to hear that the number was no longer in service. I spent the afternoon calling my bank and credit card companies to make sure there was no fraud activity on my accounts. A wasted afternoon. It was very likely just a spam call. I can't have kids. It didn't surprise me too much when my husband decided to leave. Everything we'd been through left me a shell of what I once was. I didn't blame him. He still had a chance to go to have a family with someone else. I was alone when the doorbell rang. I opened the door to see a box sitting on my welcome mat. It had... Fragile stickers plastered all over, and my name scrawled across the top. There was no return address. I pulled the box inside my door, straining under the weight. Once it was in my foyer, I popped the tape off the sides and opened it. My curiosity far outweighed any anxiety of bombs or anthrax. 
You have to like your life at least a little bit to have some fear of losing it. My breath stopped in my chest. I can't have kids. But there she was. The bottom of the box was stuffed with fuzzy pink blankets. On top of the mound nested right in the middle was a swaddle spotted with the tiniest red hearts. And she was inside. The most beautiful thing I had ever seen. I scooped her up and placed the swaddle against my chest. Her breath rumbled and rattled against my heartbeat. I guessed she was maybe three weeks old. The smoky tendrils that rolled off her body wrapped around my arm. I rubbed my hand over her tiny face, rolling my thumb over the small dips where her eyes should be, but instead felt smooth, ash-colored skin under my fingertip. She was mine. I didn't care where she came from. I didn't care what she looked like. I don't care that she has an appetite that's unconventional. I'll mop the blood off the floor every day. I'll do what it takes. I can't have kids, but she's mine. Thanks for listening to Reading Reddit. And remember, if you liked this podcast, subscribe to the show and share it with your horror-loving friends. Bye for now.